Yo, Costa. What's up, buddy? I'm good. Uh, sitting here with you. We're in a different room today, which when you were doing an, <laughs> an audio-only podcast, really, I guess, is not information that anybody would find interesting. <laughs> and it's and it's 4.30, so you you could go rambling off on Thomas the Tank Engine, or maybe it'll be He-Man this year. I got, this day, this I year. got some good feedback on Thomas. <laughs> I think it was a point well made, and it was a good point. <laughs> That's my Dude, own opinion because it was my point. You do realize we quoted Sir Topham Hatt. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a first on Catholic podcast. <laughs> but you know, if it fits, it, it, yeah, it you fits. Yeah, first all-time low. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I have a great idea. Let's The next podcast, let's base it around SpongeBob. Let's see where that goes. <laughs> As we continue to delve into irrelevancy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I want to talk about Michelangelo. Okay. He was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Cowabunga. We're discussing a, a few minutes ago the, the Mets on Saturday or Sunday had an exhibition game. I um, think it was Sunday. Counts for nothing. It does count for nothing. But you know what? We got to witness greatness on the mound. DeGrom and Scherzer. Yeah. <laughs> Which might be the only time it ever happens that unless it's like a game seven of a playoff series or yeah. something where they got to put both in so it, they were both like well first out. of all i don't get that channel i don't get that channel it was broadcast on so i could i couldn't watch it anyway and i was really? busy like i was doing work were you yeah i was well, i know you find it hard to believe possibly be doing on a sunday afternoon a lot of work like school work i'm talking about <laughs> do you ever like shut down i want to i just don't often have the opportunity to do it i really feel like there should be like a switch on your back <laughs> We're just like because like uh, I'm surprised. I don't know how you do it. I, would, I needed I needed to like watch that for a little bit. I would like that switch or NCAA. Um, like I needed to watch that too. St. Peter's is out. Yeah, I'm happy for them. It wasn't close. But you know what? Friday was it? Friday? No, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Thursday night. I'm I'm watching it after I had been playing basketball, and uh, I'm texting one of the teachers here. Please tell me you're watching this right now. And it's like 11:30 at night. Was it versus Butler? Is that the No. They okay. were uh they were playing uh Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It I doesn't forgot. matter they won. <laughs> Come on, I know you want to say it. nobody cares about basketball Dave. Oh, just I can't. I can't honestly say that cuz like most of the country cares about it. Just it's just me. Yeah, but come on. This is a great storyline. North well, Carolina versus oh, well, coming up, yeah. coming but up. Now, yeah, all right. Forget about like they're out. Yeah. It's done. They made history. I we watched history on I, on Thursday. Night. Even for a neophyte like me, I do find the North Carolina Duke thing to be interesting, especially with Chichevsky's last. You know, it's his last yeah. hurrah. This is it. Yeah, and like North Carolina blew up their mm-hmm. celebration on the last game of the yep. season at Cameron Stadium. That's true. There's some motivation did. there. Everybody was crying. Do you ever it was root- so great to see Duke fans cry. Do you have a rooting interest in that game? See, I'm kind of torn in this one. I don't I can't stand Duke. I have hated Duke my entire and life. You've made that very clear in this podcast in the past. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, I I am and I'm not uh, trying to shut you up. I'm just, a big just, East guy all the way. Okay. Right? So I don't want to see Duke win. And at the same time, I'm like, oh man, but it, it's this is the passing of a torch. This yeah. is this is it. Mm-hmm. He rides off into the sunset. How how great would this storyline be if he won? But at the same time, it's like North Carolina could make Duke fans cry twice yeah. in a month. Mm-hmm. That could be epic. 
epic. And you'd be happy about that. I would actually. So you take joy in others' pain. <laughs> when is that? That game was. Well, there's only four more games left, right? No, no, three, three more games left. All right, so, so it'll be this week. This is the, these. This is happening Saturday night. Okay. That that tip off is like eight fifty seven. Oh my apparently. god! I'll never be able to watch that at night, right? Oh yeah. Can, can I vent? Eight fifty seven in the morning. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? what the, the hardest part is the game could be good. The game cannot be good. Any game, but then it gets near the end, and the timeouts kill me. Because well, you know, I have no attention span. Wait, but you. You would sit through like a double switch, which will no longer happen, uh, or like five pitching changes in. Oh, I don't like the pitching changes either. That, yeah, but that you would st- me. if if the Mets are in a playoff game, you're definitely going to hang in there, right? I I would. <laughs> your, your point. <laughs> so not... if you're into it, the timeouts are okay. Oh, I understand. I'm just telling you why I'm not into it. I'm That's... not saying it's a bad sport. But it's a, the timeouts. No, you do. really are saying it's a bad sport. No, you I can say it. I don't think that at all. To reject basketball is to reject me, Costa. No, say it. You say know, it publicly right now. You know I'm snobby <laughs> in a lot of different areas. Food, music, whatever it might be. You really but are. Th- I am. But this is not one of those. I mean, I just, just tell you, I don't appreciate it. It's like, you know, it's like art. You know, some things you like, some things you don't like. <laughs> but I will, I will, I will watch. I'm not going to watch it. I'll be interested. In You're it. not going to watch it. <laughs> I do want to have. I, You're going to ask me on Monday. Hey, so who's playing in the game tonight? That's just true. <laughs> do you remember the winners, like who won the NCAA last year? Like last year? Yeah, yeah, Baylor. See, you're like you're a real fan. I can't remember who won the Super Bowl. No, I knew five minutes into that Baylor game uh-huh. that Gonzaga had no chance. Gotcha. So I didn't even know they were playing. I mean, I knew then they were playing. Oh, I yeah. remember now they were playing. That's why I don't. I, I guess we don't have an interest in it. You, you forget. <laughs> But like my brother, my brother's like a savant. My okay. brother can he remembers like college football. He can remember the players, what team they're on, seriously, when they what years they played. I'm like he's he's amazing with it. Well, you know, my memory with those types of things is not very good anymore. It used to be the '73 yeah. Mets. That was the first team I watched. Yeah. I could tell you the the batting order, the numbers and everything. And in a few moments since then where I remembered things, the early Islanders, after that I've kind of (laughs) erased it from my memory. (laughs) Again, because I'm busy working. I wish I had your life. I could just watch sports. Yeah, I don't understand how you have to work that hard. (laughs) When do you have time to relax? He doesn't. Uh, I don't. <laughs> and that's kind of an issue, but that's, you know. For- Quite honestly, everybody, we're going to reveal the truth right now. If Costa had the chance, he would text me at three in the morning with an idea. Well, that's, you're not wrong. That's absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> he I, just, he really refrains himself till about 630 in the morning. I do. I know you do. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll ask him the next day, hey, so uh, how'd you do, what'd you do this weekend? Ah, I couldn't go to sleep. Uh, so we got some work done. I got this idea. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and I know he cooked that up at three in the morning. Well, it doesn't matter if I texted you anyway because you're not going to return it. You're well, not going to return the text. I mean, I for you, I would. Uh, stop it. You would not. I asked you yesterday, I asked you, what gospel are we doing? Because there's two gospels for Lent. Yeah. I was, and, and that wasn't until this morning when I actually saw you, and I had students ask you, so you answered right. it. <laughs> I, I was at a restaurant and All night? with a family. Well, it was one of those restaurants where, you know, you could flip the card. The green is go. Red is, is stop. What? what? I don't understand what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I forget the name of the place. But it's <laughs> – I forget the name of the place. It's like Chuck E. Cheese? What is this? It's one of the <laughs> – it was one of these places where 
like you, you get you you ask for this particular package, and they got you have a card on on the table. <laughs> okay, green is for go. Green is the green light, and mm-hmm. they're going to keep bringing food to the table. Okay, and the red light is to stop. Oh, right. Well, that's kind of sounds so. Fun. You have to learn. Like you have to know. You have to pace yourself, but you always keep the green side up. Oh, because then they'll just keep coming with food. Right, and can't it's all they just meat. ask you when I go to a restaurant? No, they, no, no. They, so they just they, come over and say, "Would you like more, cooking, sir?" They're cooking the meat right there, so I must and they have just had about. They have no time for conversation. They're just going by the color signals. That's it. That's it. Do you want? That's it. That's all they ask is, "Do you want?" And I'm like, "What the heck is this place?" Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Was the food good though? That was like, it was actually tasty. I had about. I must have had about four pounds of meat. <laughs> Which now explains why you didn't return my text because you were in a coma. I was in a coma. I was starting to get the meat sweats. <laughs> but you never want to turn it red because if it's red, then they stop coming around. Like forever? Well, and like they, you get one like red they card? hesitate. So then you got to like – I, I leave it green all the time. And then I say, uh-huh. oh, I don't, I don't want that one. Okay. And they just keep coming. Chicken wrapped in bacon. Oh, my right? God. It was lamb. Then it was like three different forms I can feel my steak. blood slowing down oh, as you're talking great. about it. I'll take medium rare, please. <laughs> I mean, the meat is just hanging on like, you know, spikes and they just shave it right off right there in front of you. It's amazing. Have you not? You have no, not? I, didn't, I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't even know it existed. Oh, yeah. because you're always working. I'm always working. And I'm always eating. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the question I was asking, we'll, we'll use this as a segue into what we're supposed to be doing here. <laughs> Instead of me getting the meat sweats. <laughs> so I get home from work last night and I'm talking to Jen and I'm like preparing because people probably don't understand this or, because it's not evident to them, but we actually do prepare for these things. We do in between the meat sweats. <laughs> but I just wasn't sure what gospel it was because there's two gospels for every Sunday in Lent. No, no, this is your fault because I told you, I told you that they give you the two options, uh-huh. right? For those of you who are preparing for RCIA I'm- or involved in RCIA, there's a different set of readings. But when you go to the USCCB website, it doesn't say which of the readings are. Yes, I understood that, but it wasn't clear to me which was the RCIA readings. So I said— You just never pay attention to me. <laughs> well, well, that's actually true. <laughs> and then when you talk, a lot of times the sentences aren't coherent, so you put those two <laughs> things together. I'm like Michael Scott. Sometimes I start a sentence, and, you don't and I don't really go. know where it's going. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I said to Jen, I know— I'll text my friend the priest who probably knows what reading it is. And it was like five o'clock. By the time I went to bed, I still had no idea what podcast we were doing. So we know now. We do. We don't know if we're going to do it well. Probably not. Is this why you're stalling? I think that's a given. (laughs) So why don't we we are, we did settle on the woman caught in adultery. (laughs) We didn't settle on it. This is is the gospel. And this is probably the only two times people have been laughing about the woman caught in adultery. That's, <laughs> it's not the topic we're laughing at. It's the idiocy of both of us that we're laughing at right now. So for, for all of you out there, before we read this gospel, just to let you know, there are, for the last three weeks, there have been different readings at different masses for, uh, for, uh, for different events. So when we say RCIA... It's the rite of Christian initiation. It is for the men and women who are, who are adults 
who are preparing to receive the rest of their sacraments. Maybe some are getting baptized at the Easter Vigil. Some are going to receive Holy Communion for the first time or Confirmation, Oral Three. And at the Easter Vigil, like they have been preparing all year, and there's a, there, there will be a, probably a, a Mass that is designated in the parish where the RCIA people meet. And at that Mass, uh, the Gospels have—there's a different cycle of Gospels. But for everybody that is going to a normally scheduled Mass that is, you know, that does not have the RCIA, RCIA in attendance, the Gospel choice this week uh, will be the woman caught in adultery. So we're just going to read through uh, the Gospel here. And uh, and then we'll go from there. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. But early in the morning, he arrived again in the temple area. And all the people started coming to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge against him to, uh, to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued ask, uh, asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin, be the first to throw the stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground, and in response they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. A lot of places to start here. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the interesting things that we were looking at was some work that Bishop Barron had done on it, um, noting about that place where it starts on the Mount of Olives. Yeah. You know, which was the, the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, bringing us back to uh, of how prayer plays a part in this. Yes. You know, so I don't want to take your words. You were talking about this a little bit before we started, but um, about the, the, the place for prayer in, in our ability to discern answers to complicated questions. I, very important, like historical fact, they, they would have been within the law to stone her. And, you know, that mm-hmm. sounds harsh in 21st century years um, and patriarchal and wrong because there was obviously a guy involved, but they were following the law. Right, but of there, Moses. Right, yeah. but there was no uh, there was no purity of heart Correct. in this decision. Right, right. As John describes, this is not about the woman at all. Absolutely, this is about testing Jesus to find something against him. Right. So they're right. using her as a pawn. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, in 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 reflecting on this on this gospel, you know, we, I think we have to remember that John is not writing this down right on the spot that John is reflecting on all of the events that have taken place after Jesus has resurrected from the dead, after Jesus ascends into heaven, 
Then we come across John years down the road writing the gospel. So for John, it is very important for him to connect this gospel with Gethsemane in the in the garden uh, before, like on on the night of uh, Good yeah. Friday, uh, uh, Holy Thursday, because he says he sets the stage right in the beginning. He says Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, in the, it, it, I had the opportunity back in 2013 to go to the Holy Land, mm-hmm. and when you when you visit the the old city of Jerusalem, uh, which is kind of consumed into the new city. <clears throat> Uh, when you come out of the Eastern Gate, I believe it is, you see there's a valley. It's the Kidron Valley. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can see the uh, the Mount of Olives. Mm-hmm. You could see the Garden of Gethsemane from, you know, you know, it's it's within it's in within walking distance. Mm-hmm. Um so like it it it's it's this uh it's this beautiful connection that this is part of the, the celebration of the feast time that Jesus is in Jerusalem. And he he had taken a moment to get out of the city, to go into the Garden of Olives to pray. So he wanted that seclusion time. But that 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 is a very important, uh, I think, a very important detail in this gospel in the very beginning, because John sets the stage not only to connect this event with the the woman caught in adultery to the Garden of Gethsemane before Jesus dies, where he says. Not my will, but thy be done. But like, and and connecting, he's connecting the like Jesus's actions of the power of prayer. Uh, that not only is the power of prayer uh, where we get the the conviction to do the Father's will uh, in our lives, where where Jesus gets the conviction to do the Father's will. Uh, and, and, you know, in that communication before he enters into Good Friday and the torture that he undergoes. But we see in this moment, like, the power of prayer that, that gives him the, like, the spiritual wisdom of, and, and the power of, of discernment to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, to, to make the decision that the Father wants, uh, when he's posed with this dilemma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really brilliant by John. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It really is to connect to connect that moment. You know that before either thing happens, mm-hmm. Jesus was in prayer. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a thing that is very hard to explain the benefits of until you start doing it. Yeah. You know, taking that, and it may sound like it's easy, but I think taking that time every, you know, once a day, whether it be the morning or whether it be the, the night, to kind of recollect oneself, orient oneself towards God, look at the strip, scriptures, study the scriptures. But I don't know about you, but for me, it's it's a habit that um, I miss. So I, I'll, I like praying in the morning. Yeah. And... If it's, you know, the alarm doesn't go off or I roll over and don't get up in time, um, it's something I feel like I is lacking, not from a guilt perspective or anything like that, but it's like, oh, I kind of missed out. I enjoy that time, you know, connecting. And, and it's not only reading, it's not only studying, but also identifying our own thoughts, our own motives, our own oh, sins, yeah. our own worries, our own anxieties, yeah. you know, and saying, you know, give them to God. It's, it's, I'm not even, as I'm hearing myself say that, I'm not, like, I'm not even sure that totally encapsulates what I'm trying to say. It's just yeah. a, it's such a, a, an amazing experience. Um, 
And so when you bring it home to talk about what well, Jesus was kind of doing the same thing, well, what is the Father's will? Yeah. You know, to help me get through this. And and I'm sure you've seen it in your ministry um, as well. That that prayer does help. So when you get somebody that comes into your office where they're um, – I don't think we're often trapped like that. Um, right. But but sometimes but the kids are trapped. Yeah. They're trapped by what society wants them to do. And and there's one way or, or, or there's a second way. And sometimes I think prayer gives you the ability to find the third way. Mm-hmm. You know, which yeah. which is what Jesus did here. It's it's like the the conversation about do you pay Caesar? You know, what do you do with the coin that, that they tried to trap? I mean, anytime they tried to trap him, yeah. he was such a great debater that he was able to, you know, find, uh, I don't want to say find a way out because that sounds sneaky, to be able to explain the truth. Yeah. You know, and it leaves, and just like uh, in all the stories, particularly this one, it leaves everyone dumbfounded. Okay, or what do we do now? We walk away. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for me, with like, and I was relating to everything you were saying there about prayer in the morning. <clears throat> My heart gets so convicted in in peace mm-hmm. you know like it, it gets captured not yeah. convict it gets captured mm-hmm. in peace it's easy for me at that moment with that prayer to then as the day unfolds and things get hectic or decisions have to be made it's easy for me to like really go into that like with prayer behind it because my heart has already been captured sure i gave my heart over in the morning mm-hmm. and, and so like before things unfold, I find myself slowly and you know quietly asking the Blessed Mother to be a part of like the the the, the conversation that's about to ensue, or mm-hmm. or the discernment that's needed for that a particular moment, or somebody's kind of like you know you know how things happen. Sometimes life happens and things explode yeah. in your face, and and you're kind of like okay, it, instead of like getting all frantic and anxious, uh, it, not that the adrenaline rush is there. It's like it's it's easy for me to enter into it because f- there's a peace about it. Right. And I think if if you're a teacher listening to this, you would understand, but it's bedlam here in the morning. And it would be every, oh, yeah. and, and not a bad bedlam, uh, a really happy bedlam of, of energy and people stopping by to say hi. But, but then you, there's sometimes like, we don't know what has gone on the night before. And sometimes true. like you see that kid's face mm-hmm. and they can't hide it. And yep. you're like, okay, there's a story there. Mm-hmm. And this day's about to unfold. When do we get the chance to right. sit down? Yeah, you know, and have the ability to do that. Um, one of the things, as I was thinking about this reading and, and thinking about the woman, and I, you and I both, when we were preparing for it, didn't realize we were both preparing f- to talk about it, not from the woman's perspective per se, uh, certainly not to judge the woman, um, but to maybe delve a little bit deeper into sin and and maybe the root causes of it, but more importantly, how it affects us. Like this is not um, history, you know. Right. It's you know John and Mark and um, <laughs> let's say Paul. No, that's <laughs> McCarthy. I mean, think about the Beatles too much. Um, but the gospel writers did not set out to write history. You know, they wanted to uh, to think about, particularly John too, because everything was post resurrection. Um, try to encapsulate, try to communicate in some way this the most miraculous thing they or anybody since has ever seen, you know, and to tell that story. Well, and, that's what I love at the end of John's gospel when he says, yeah. he says, if we tried to write down every single event that happened or miracle that took place and uh-huh. documented, we wouldn't have a library big enough. Do and he did th- that in three years. 
Is that right? I don't know. That's but Jesus only worked it for three years. Oh, gotcha. So like, oh, he did the work in three years. He did the work, and John saying that even in three years, he said there would there wouldn't even be enough. Don't you want to know though? Oh, I totally do. Yeah, yeah. But John says these are the only ones we need for salvation. (laughs) (laughs) So looking at just looking at sin in general, right? I was thinking about this, um, uh, thinking about this this morning a little bit. um, That that. Comfort is not always sin, but sin always is comfort and a momentary comfort. Because I think when all of us sin, we're looking for an easy way. And right, we have to say, well, sin has to be on purpose, right? You can't you can't accidentally sin. You you can commit a sin, but but not be culpable because we didn't know about it, we didn't have the education, whatever it might whatever it might be. I don't want to start start doing a moral theology thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but moreover that we're we're seeking um, we're seeking ease in our lives and that ease that probably is not good for us and probably that's what that woman was doing as well as well as the the man that was with her you know looking for some way out and you know probably I'm going back to Rollheiser here um, that and we brought up this quote a, a few times a lot of times when we look for comfort. In, in sex, it's it's really not that. We just want to be seen. We want to right. be known, and we go about it in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, and that could have been what's happening. Who knows? We don't know what what this story was about. But it is it is all of us that we sometimes look for comfort. Um, in in it, it could be about gossiping about somebody because we want the comfort of mm-hmm. other people being on our side, uh, or, or not, we, or we don't want to acknowledge. We rather the spotlight on them and mm-hmm. their negative, the, the negative spotlight Very on them. Very true. So that we don't have to look at ourselves. Right. Instead of looking at ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this morning, and all of a sudden, later in the day, it popped in my head that quote from uh, Pope Benedict um, <clears throat> that we were not made for comfort. We were made for, for greatness. For greatness. I yeah. love that quote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that greatness is beyond anything we could ever understand. Um, because if it was, and we may have even touched upon this last week, we would be dying for it. We would right. be doing anything we can for it. Um, but because of, of the sin in the world and that we're looking for comfort, um, we tend to settle, right? We tend to settle and, and not really think about the things that are um, broken in us, you know, whether it's be our, our relationships, our um, our ability to communicate with one another, the, the broken parts of us that we won't acknowledge because we might just be afraid that well this is what it is you know right. where I am right now is is how it's going to be and it's okay you know I could settle for that and not knowing that it could be it could be so much better yeah you know? oh yeah and I think that's what happens <clears throat> here in this gospel because then it says you know John is very particular about about saying that Jesus wrote in in the dirt or the sand mm-hmm. with his finger. That's a very interesting point that he wouldn't have put in if it wasn't important. Yeah. 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 And and, and he says, like, he, he bends down, right? He's confronted with the problem. He bends down, writes something with his finger in the sand, in the sand <clears throat> stands up, and then poses them with the question. Mm-hmm. And then, like, writes something again in the sand there. Uh, and then everybody drops their stone and walks away. Um, you know, I, f- I find that very interesting just to get back to like what you were talking about though mm-hmm. with, with sin and the recognition of it. 
is that like, you know, there there were two times that that John is focused on like the finger. This this time, you know, he's got he's he's got Jesus writing something, revealing what it, by tradition. By the way, we, this is all theory. Right, Nobody right. knows what Jesus wrote in the sand. You know, it hasn't been documented. John did not did not document what was written in the sand, uh, but. You know, the tradition holds, or theories hold, that Jesus was writing their sin in the sand. Mm-hmm. For them and to see. For them to see. Like, he, with his finger, he had revealed the truth of their error, mm-hmm. uh, and they walk away. Yeah. Like, he revealed the truth, and if they would have stayed, he would have forgiven them just as much as he had forgiven this woman. Because he doesn't reveal their sins to humiliate them. He reveals their sins to forgive them. Yeah. 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 And like, in the second time we see, uh, you know, uh, John focused on a, on on someone's finger, it's Thomas, just, mm-hmm. you know, chapters later where he's doubting. And, and, he, and like, that's why John describes how Thomas is doubting, and and Jesus says, "Stick your finger in my side and put him and put yeah. your hand in the nail marks, right? And see and believe." Mm-hmm. And and I love Caravaggio's uh, painting of that. I mean, it's so it's almost so graphic for mm-hmm. a painting in the you know fifteenth, sixteenth century. Mm-hmm. Whenever Caravaggio is, I love him as uh, when he does his religious art. It's, it's just beautiful, but it, like. It's it's like he Jesus is like grabbing Thomas by the wrist in that image in in Caravaggio's painting in his in his depiction of it almost like shoving his fingers into his side mm-hmm. like Thomas get get your get in there like believe it yeah like it's real um and and with that comes like a revelation yeah. that he is risen from the dead that he truly is alive and and when that is written on their hearts, the whole the whole world changes, and things that would not have been, and even in our time today, would not be thought of as good become miraculous. Mm-hmm. You know, when we could, you know, going back to what I said before, when we realize what God can do in our life that we're not limited to how we are now, that it could be so much better, but just not in ways that we necessarily think about. You know, yeah. one other time I and I don't remember what the the reason was for. We I brought up the the trips we used to take to Peru with students. And for a few years, we would go to the Missionaries of Charity, which was the home that Mother Teresa started. So you walk in the place, and it's, it's, it's quite the car ride, right? We, would, we had a taxi driver that we knew. He was like a chauffeur, and I would trust him with my children, this guy. So he, but we went to some pretty, pretty sketchy areas, you know, of, um, of poverty, in, like in central Lima. Well, if I understand that correctly, not to cut you off there, yeah. but uh, if I understand this correctly, uh, the missionaries of charity are never in a well-to-do neighborhood. They're always in. I don't know that for a fact, but I would bet a lot of money that's true. Because she worked with exclusively with the poor, poorest of the poor, the poorest of and, the poor. and that's where we were. And you would you would get there, and he would honk, and it would open these big doors. And the first time I went, I was so frightened. I was frightened for myself, but I was also as a chaperone, like you know, sure. are we putting these kids in jail? Now I had done some research. I wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't like in a wing and a prayer. Um, but then when you actually see it. And they would honk, and they would let us in. He would, and then they would close the door behind him, and he would stay with us the whole time, you know, in case we needed to leave. And um, 
you know, I think about some of the people that I saw there, um, just in off the streets, you know, some of the children that were there that were severely, severely disabled. But one story that comes to mind is, um, we would help feed some of the people and the sisters, uh, the missionaries are so wonderful with them because they, the, the people who live there, they had napkins and they had bibs for those who needed bibs with their names embroidered on them. Like mm. they were people. They yeah. had names. They had a story. They weren't just, you know, uh, we, oh, we got to feed these people and get 10 in and get 10 out and get 10 more. It right. wasn't anything like that. Uh, they knew their names. And there was this, there was a man who had, um, I don't know if it was cerebral palsy, so I, I hope I'm not characterizing this wrong. But the the the, the gist of it was he, he really had trouble swallowing. There were some motor reflexes that were causing him uh, to have difficulty swallowing. And there were, one of our boys was was feeding him. And he would get a little bit down, and then he would gag it up, and he would get a little bit more down and gag it up. And like you're standing back saying, this is one of the most miraculous things we've ever seen. you know. And and you look at it from how the world may look at it and say, oh, no, that's pathetic, and that's sad. And you know, if he was in the United States, we'd get him an operation. Whatever. But it was just, you know, in that moment, it was it was so beautiful. And I think when when we look at our own our own sins, our own shortcomings, I think a lot of times it's a resignation um, into we can't even imagine how good it could be. You yeah, know? and, I, and I, stories like that. I, I believe uh, that Mother Teresa had said one time uh, somewhere, she might have been addressing uh, a political figure here in the United States, and, and she was saying that uh, that the poverty that uh, is found in, say, Am- yep. in, in America is... I think she was referencing New York New in York. particular. Yep. But yeah. go ahead, finish. Yeah, Sorry. No, it, it, it's not so much a physical poverty yep. as it is a spiritual poverty. Yeah. And we, and, and we see that spiritual poverty uh, in, in all the players here mm-hmm. in, in this gospel, uh, but only one... You know, really reaches out and takes the Lord's hand yeah. for the for the heal for the healing yeah. of of uh you know uh, from that poverty where you know Jesus revealed there like if we go with the theory that Jesus wrote these individual sins these Pharisees sins on the ground with his finger and revealed their truth uh, about themselves mm-hmm. they had the opportunity. To drop their rocks, and and accept, you know, forgiveness right Get there. Get their own healing. Instead, they all walk away, yeah. humiliated. Yeah, they didn't want to receive healing, like mercy. They didn't want forgiveness. They were just humiliated and walked away. Whereas this woman was truly sorry. Yeah, and and the and you know and and in her. In this poverty, she's seeking forgiveness, you know, the spiritual uh, forgiveness, the spiritual healing if, of poverty. If we've let our sin define us, and I think we cling to our sin, that's what those Pharisees were doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's easy always to look, you know, look at them as the bad guys in the story, but I, they, they ha- these things have to reflect on us, otherwise they're just a story. Sure. You know, and, you know, what sins of our own do we cling to? Because it defines us. And I'd rather cling to a sin that I know than a new reality that's scary that I don't know. I'd rather, I'd almost rather sometimes live in the darkness. I, I think many people would be like that. Maybe not in the, in the, the entirety of their lives, but in certain parlors. I, I'm, at least, at least the darkness isn't 
is less scary than the brightness. But it's also something that they know. It's yep, also exactly. something that we know. Yeah. And and for 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 many, mm-hmm. it's it's this fear of wanting to step into something new. Mm-hmm. You know, like in, instead of taking the step away from Christ, as is found in the gospel, where we can, where where when we step away, we stay in that fear, in that darkness. Taking a step towards Him in this situation, in this gospel, we, we step into the light. Yeah, you know. And the light could be scary. We should talk about Plato's cave sometimes because that's what I'm thinking about that as well. Not that that's a religion, but it, religious image, um, but it's certainly a an image of of people preferring to stay in ignorance. That's mm-hmm. a little bit different what we're talking about, but still, you there there may be a, a greater sense of going back down into the cave where I know reality is wrong. Where if I come out of the cave, it's new, it's bright, it's scary, it's three dimensional, it's in color, but it is something that I just I, I don't want to deal with because there's too many choices. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, I want to just really focus sure. one more. Go for it. Uh, one, one, one. Make one more point about the darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, to stay in the darkness, there, or to step away, um, and and live kind of in that darkness instead of taking that that step, even though it could be fearful of something new and exciting mm-hmm. and and fresh that the Lord is that the Lord is uh, asking of us. I, I think sometimes. We can find ourselves, as you were saying, clinging on to a sin or, or allowing it to identify us in, in in a in a sense, and and maybe we have practiced going to confession uh, every year for Easter or every now and again, and yet we'll hold back a particular sin uh, that we have a lot of shame about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're a lot, we're very afraid of how the reaction will, will come about from, uh, from the priest. Yeah. What, what, what will he say? And, mm-hmm. and, and what how do I get the words out of my mouth? Uh, and if I could just make the point here, like for, for those who may be listening, if that is the case, then what I would suggest is to one, first and foremost, as take up the example of the Lord. Go to the quote unquote Gethsemane of your existence and pray about it. Pray for the strength and the courage to be able to go to confession and admit something that you might be withholding. Mm-hmm. But then also, too, in that prayer, I would say ask for the discernment or ask for the Holy Spirit to discern who that priest will be mm-hmm. to go to. Um, you know, maybe you have a spiritual director, maybe you connect with a particular priest. Well, you know, in our lives, when we want something, we'll do almost anything to get it. Absolutely. And if we really want the spiritual healing, then whether the, the that priest's line is super long for confession, stay on it. Yeah. You know, or make that phone call to the rectory mm-hmm. and set up an appointment. Uh, and if, if you can't get him right away and he leaves a message, then call him back, mm-hmm. you know, in, instead of saying, Oh, it, it, it just didn't work out. Right. Uh, that is the way to also step into the light. I'm glad you brought up reconciliation. Cause I had another thought I was thinking of this morning um, as I was, you know, thinking about this reading and others and, um, and I've I've started out statements by saying my poor wife many times, because it's true though. 
It's very true. <laughs> so she comes down in the morning, and I'm I'm like all amped up. You think it's bad being you with me at at seven thirty eight o'clock? You you're afraid of text? Try like living with me. It's like, honey, what do you think of this? Uh, you know, we 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 want to be. Um, it's you know, comfort's not always sin, but sin is always comforting. It's like. <laughs> Can I please get my call? But she's so nice. Like, can I just get my that woman first? is a saint. Well, that's true. <laughs> it really is true. But anyway, one of the things I was thinking about this morning that I was like kidding her with is um, if we, we, we often will approach confession for very understandable reasons and for good reasons and necessary reasons that we want to look backwards, right? We want to examine our conscience. But I was thinking about this morning, what if we looked forward to how we want to be? You know, what parts of our life we want to be better at, what what relationships we want to heal. Even you know, going back again to the thing of the, the life with Jesus is is far better than we can ever imagine it would be. You know, so what where where are we going with that? And it and and you said something too that uh, rings true to this. If if we want something bad enough, we'll figure out how to do it. Right. So if I want if I want to work on my core, right? I'm going to look up how to do that, what exercises to do that, what to eat, because I'm going to expect benefits of better balance, better mobility, you know, certainly greater strength, uh, better, you know, better looks. Um, I'm working towards something. Now, to to do that, I simultaneously have to look backwards and say, okay, well, what do I need to stop doing? You know, uh, what times can I put in for exercise, research on exercise, what I need to uh, to eat better, all the things I've eaten wrong in the past. So it's necessary to always look backwards, um, but but really with the goal of, of this is how I want to be. You know, if if we could do that same thing with uh, with our with our spiritual lives. You know, and going back to your original point of of the prayer for discernment, you know, mm-hmm. praying for discernment, yeah. it it I, I, to me that changes the outlook on on confession and reconciliation. It's still scary, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that I'm not scared by it or intimidated by that. And when you were saying uh, talking about it, I was sitting here shaking my head, not because I'm in agreement with like the rest of the world. I'm agreeing. Well, that's me too. Oh yeah, and yeah. and like, how many times will we will we get a uh, a referral from a friend uh, about a particular doctor or oh, that's a great point and, and sure get like a, right, right. a second opinion mm-hmm. about something and and we 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 do this research for a particular medical professional mm-hmm. uh you know in our life you know to to help us well why wouldn't we do that with our soul yeah like n- not every priest is everybody's cup of tea mm-hmm. you know and so I could be, I might not be your mm-hmm. cup of tea, uh, but like, you know, it, it, but somebody over there, yep. it, you know, in another parish. Uh, so like, I, I think we have to pray for that discernment because mm-hmm. that person, you know, guided by the spirit uh, to, to help us to make the right choices and decisions could help us lead us to the freedom that we're really desiring. Yep. And that freedom be- becomes those moments like I just talked about in Peru. It's like... Yeah. This is really amazing. Not what I thought it would be, but it, this is yeah. not what I thought it would look like. But this is this is amazing. Exactly. Yeah, and brings me joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody, as we kind of enter into the fifth Sunday here of Lent, kind of making the the final passageway here into Holy Week. Let's take some time here to go into the Garden of Gethsemane with the Lord to allow Him to re- spiritually to reveal things to us and to accept them. You know, like, 
He re- if he reveals particular sins that need to be highlighted, then let's pray for the strength and the discernment to f- to follow up and go mm-hmm. to, you know, the 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 right spiritual, uh, you know, the the right priest who could be the the healer for us um, to pull us out of our spiritual poverty, but also too always to keep in mind that if Jesus is going to reveal something to us, he wants it for our healing and best interest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not to humiliate us or shame Not us. Not to humiliate yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, With that, folks, uh, God bless and be well. You know what we're going to do as soon as we get off the air right now? We're going to discuss next Sunday's reading so we don't fall into this. <laughs> well, I actually still have you in the room. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. God bless. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.